Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like Hey, good morning again. I was talking uh, yesterday uh, afternoon with a friend who's just gone through a really uh, intense Bible course, and part of uh, uh, part of what she was reflecting on was the the history portion, like the Kings, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. And I thought to myself, if we were to be chronicling today what is happening among kings and kingdoms, yesterday would have been uh, 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 at least more than a footnote. Like, right, there would have been some attention given in the chronicles of kings and kingdoms to what happened yesterday. Um, We've already talked about what is going on um, across the Sahel Sahel region of Africa. We've been talking about um, active coups across that portion of the world. Um, But back here in the United States, um, a significant thing took place in terms of kings and kingdoms. And we don't call our president a king. Um, And we don't really call our country a kingdom. But if you've ever thought about the chronicles of kings and kingdoms and how history is written in real time by the notes that we choose to make, the front page of every paper pretty much across the United States of America Day has a a picture either of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, exiting or entering uh, an airplane, exiting or entering a black SUV or standing beneath a black umbrella. Um, And what are all of those pictures taking note of? Um, Today's front pages uh, include one story, and it literally is making history for the United States of America. Former President Donald Trump pleaded not guilty to charges that he um, tried to overturn the results of the 2020 election. This is following his third arrest He was arraigned in federal court um, for the third time yesterday in four months. The magistrate judge who oversaw the hearing set the first hearing in this case um, before the trial judge for August the 28th. The the trial calendar for the former president is now um, very robust and um, uh, complicated, complex, as he will try to navigate all of these legal challenges in the midst of an ongoing um, bid to serve again as the president. So no matter how you feel about Donald Trump, no matter how you view the 2020 election process or results, the, the right way, I think, to feel today about what happened yesterday in America's history is grief. No matter how you feel about Donald Trump, no matter how you feel about our election processes, I think the right affect in terms of yesterday is to feel grief. It should grieve us that we have arrived at this moment. It should grieve us that we literally do not perceive the same reality as others among us. It should cause no one to gloat or preen or in arrogance 
celebrate the indictment, arrest, or arraignment of a former president. I mean, we are we the people, not us and them and those people over there. We, we the people. So the United States is certainly not equivalent to the church, and not every American is a Christian. So I want to be very careful about how I say this, but uh, God's not a God of chaos, a God of discord or lies or factions or confusion or fear. And as Christians, no matter what country we live in, no matter what dual citizenship we have, we're first citizens of the kingdom of heaven, and our first allegiance is to God, who is holy, good, and beautiful and true. So as other people speculate and offer puffed-up opinions, let's remind ourselves of the truth of God's word, that all of this, all of it, is passing away. This is not the big K kingdom that is to come. And no person on earth is to be exalted in our hearts or minds as Savior and Lord, but Jesus alone. And so um, on this side of the second coming, like right, uh, on this day, in view of that day, um, I just recognize that right now there's a lot that is hidden but one day it will be revealed. And so I am going to live with um, that confidence and that knowledge as a dual citizen, simultaneously living with the awareness of two realities, the political reality of the kingdoms of this world, kings and kingdoms, and the cosmic gospel reality of the kingdom of God, where there is perfect peace and everything is literally right and good. So, I'm going to encourage you today to remember that you're a dual citizen as a Christian. You might have to remind yourself of your first allegiance to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, who is ultimately the judge before whom everything will one day be revealed. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Adam Holtz is joining us now from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Carmen. How are you today? Uh, well, we uh, we lost one of our dogs this week, and so it oh. is with mixed it is with mixed emotions that I am, you know, celebrating the goodness of God and uh, and a good dog as well as a as a gift mm-hmm. from Him for a period of life. But you know, it does you know like you walk out the door and you're like, huh, my my uh, there's only you know there's only one set of paws up here and that would be Millie's because Sassy's paws are no longer you know yeah I don't have dogs that like obediently stay on the ground they put their paws on you as soon as you come out the door so right. there you go yeah ours, yeah, no. ours yeah. does that too so I, yeah I'm there's sorry an empty yeah thank you there's an empty uh, princess pillow in the uh, she shed this morning oh yeah studio dog Golly. no longer here Carmen. I know. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to concentrate because I got to stop crying. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, I'm sorry. So, no, sorry. it is what it is. No. But I think, you know, I think because that, some little because some little furball just in and just just returned right to your to your mind. Yeah, and you're like, right. oh, I don't have fluffy anymore or whoever it is. in yeah. your life. Yeah. No, just mm-hmm. the reality of that. We live in a world of loss. Like, I mm-hmm. think in some ways. Pets are like a microcosm of of so many spiritual lessons, and but it's all compacted into a much shorter time frame. So we experience that entire, you know, birth, excitement, growth, 
aging death life cycle much more quickly but it's you know there's a parallel with humans it's not exactly the same it's not one to one but but uh there are a lot of lessons to be learned there um and uh i'm sorry I'm no sorry. thank you thank you it's a good dog um good dog <laughs> from the real to the surreal <clears throat> oh, <boy>. barbie <laughs> barbie like barbie <clears throat> like people are people are taking barbie like way too seriously what 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 is going on in the relationship between the barbie movie and real relationships well we're seeing some anecdotal reporting and and anecdotal reporting is just that right it might be five people uh but indicating that there's this sort of viral movement for women to use barbie as a litmus test of whether the guy you're dating is somebody you should stay with or not, whether he understands how damaging patriarchy is, whether he understands that the lived female experience is different and harder, uh, it's argued, than being a man. Uh, And interestingly, uh, I I will speak to it from a very, very personal perspective. My wife and I both saw the movie. Uh, I mostly didn't like it. And she mostly liked it. And so we have actually had about two weeks of conversation of really seeking to understand where the other one was coming from. Uh, and there were a, a couple of core elements that really resonated with her. Um, and, and I think that obviously there is a bigger conversation about feminism. I think it's helpful to distinguish between what I sort of unofficially called little f feminism and big f feminism little f feminism uh, i think speaks to what i would say is the reality that women often have been treated poorly women often have run into obstacles that men would not have to deal with Um, i have watched my wife and my mother experience things in the workplace that no man would be treated that way and I have gotten righteously angry and, and maybe a little unrighteously angry <clears throat> on their behalf. So I don't, I don't think I'm unsympathetic to that. I, I think big F feminism is an ideology that paints in very broad strokes and it sees the relationship between men and women as a zero sum game. That if men are winning, women are losing. And if women are winning, men are losing. Uh, And I think that's what I reacted against in the movie was that it painted men uh, in a very negative light. And it did so satirically, um, but I don't, I'm not a fan of satire that doesn't have a little bit of sympathy for the thing that it's poking fun at. I think that's Mm -hmm. the best satire. Uh, This, it felt like a a mean spirited movie toward men. Um, And so the conversation is, oh, poor men crying about their treatment. Like, well, no, Uh, does it have to be either or, or can it be both and? Can we acknowledge that women have often been treated horribly and there have been real injustices that deserve to be righted, while at the same time recognizing that when you denigrate men and manhood and healthy masculinity, the consequences are horrible for society because I think we're living into that. And so... That's that's my take on it. I think there actually is a really significant conversation to be had here. I think 
this movie that in some ways I want to dismiss it as a silly movie. Um, there's actually a lot going on here. I think it's a great conversation starter. But when we reduce it to this binary, I mean, I think that's the other irony is that we in the sexuality arena have all these people saying, no, it's not binary. You can have all of these shades of gray. But when it comes to the conversation of men versus women, it it gets reduced to that binary again. And I think that we do need to have a bigger conversation there. So lots to say about that. It certainly has been a cultural catalyst for conversation, though. And apparently some women dumping their boyfriends. I think um, having it be a source of conversation, particularly in an ongoing way, where just because you and your wife saw the movie differently, you didn't just then shut down the conversation. Like you're, the, right. the fact that it's an ongoing conversation is is actually really healthy. If you're listening right now and you're like, I'm not exactly sure what Adam and Carmen are talking about. Let me direct you to a really, I think, positive um, explanation of feminism and the generations of feminism and how by now we're all swimming in the waters of it in the culture and particularly in terms of how we are educated along the way. Courtney Reisig has a really good book called The Accidental Feminist, Restoring Our Delight in God's Good, or it, sorry, Restoring Our Delight in God's Good Design, um, The Accidental Feminist. And if you just sort of wanting to get a handle on um, the this larger conversation and do so from a Christian worldview, um, I would direct you to that really positive resource. Hey, hey um, who is Flamey Grant? We're going to talk oh, about that man. next. <laughs> who is Flamey Grant? That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Our friend Adam Holtz is here. He is going to help us understand who or what is Flamey Grant. You can uh, find a a blog about this at PluggedIn.com. I'm going to say I'm going to say what, not only who, but what and who is Flamey Grant. Well, Flamey Grant is a person named Matthew Blake, who was a worship pastor for 22 years and who uh, throughout that time wrestled with, um, it sounds like from some of the things he said in other interviews, uh, with homosexuality, with a desire to square that part of his life with, uh, with his faith. And ultimately, uh, he went to Exodus International and really sought years and years of trying to move through this couldn't get there during covid began to do drag shows got a huge response and now the story is flamey grant who is a a, not only a drag artist but a musician uh had a song called good day that briefly hit number one on itunes last week and uh his album did as well and so the conversation is about how we square homosexuality, LGBTQ issues, uh, drag stuff 
with our faith. And this is a person who has become an outspoken proponent of the idea that Christianity and that worldview are compatible. And so he said in a, a U.S. or excuse me, a Today interview, quote, I wanted to fit in that badly, talking about going to gay conversion therapy. That's how deep my internalized homophobia went. After all these experiences, I finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? I've done everything I can do. My sexuality is not changing. And he goes on to say, when that's your starting point in life, when you believe that you're a wretch, that you're sinful, that God can't love you, that does not set you off on a very good fitting footing. That is why religious trauma is a real thing. And so that's where this person is coming from, where Mark is coming from, uh, as Flamey Grant, his alter ego on the stage. And I think it plugged in what we want to do uh, and what I strive to do personally is to approach this with equal measures of truth and grace. And what I sometimes see, I think, in the, the mainstream world is what I would say is a caricature or a distortion of grace that basically says we want to love you and accept you exactly as you are, but there's no conversation about that worldview at all. And that's that's what I see here, that, you know, you just, I can do what I want. And he ends this article by saying, people can tell you, you can't do that. You can't do drag in church. You can't do drag, period. I'm like, but I can. Uh, and I think that that I can statement says a lot about just the the place of authority in our lives and that, you know, uh, are we the God of our lives or is God the God of our lives? And um, there's a huge conversation here, Carmen, and you and I have had it to some extent in the past, but I, I would respectfully and graciously say, I don't think that God's revealed intent for sexuality lines up with what Mark is talking about here. And I want to be sympathetic and empathetic to the reality that trying to square those two things probably is very difficult. That hasn't been my experience, so I can't speak to it experientially. But to ultimately say my experience trumps truth, uh, obviously, I think we can recognize that as theologically problematic. So, um, But this is where we're at in our culture. We're getting many more voices, especially in the arts. I mean, I said in the article I wrote about it, we've got John Foreman of Switchfoot. We've got Dan Hasseltine of Jars of Clay. We've got Derek Webb of Cademan's Call. These were big Christian bands who are all sort of on board with the affirmation of this kind of mindset. And so um, it's an ongoing conversation and we've got to look deeply and we've got to respond with grace and truth. Uh Dan Hazelton and um, Tiffany Arbuckle. Uh, and Tiffany Arbuckle of Plum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've both, you know, been on the show. Um, I think that part of the challenge that I face is as people develop their theology over time related to these things, um, like it leaves, you know, there are just these times, like right now, when you're like, all right, well... Dan Hazelton is also producing the soundtrack for The Chosen. And right. so I get to the place where I'm like, okay, can I appreciate an artist's art without um, 
without expecting that they are going to um, have a right and righteous theology at every point. Um, And I suspect that because there are Catholic artists who I like and listen to and people who are non-Christians whose art I appreciate and listen to, you know, I, I suppose I'm going to have to be very charitable in terms of these conversations. I'm not going to look to these people for my theological leading. Maybe that is where we have to learn to draw the lines. Yep. I think that's right. And I I think that um, I don't name check them to suggest that we cancel them. Um, and, And I think that this conversation is even broader than that. There have been any number of Christian leaders who have had significant influence who have then had some kind of moral failure, you know, uh, Ravi Zacharias comes to mind as somebody who had a secret life that there was a gap between that life and what he wrote about. Does that mean I can't read his book and still gain spiritual truth from it? It's complicated, right? Because there's a gap for all of us. And I think that's the other thing I want to say is it's not just about sexuality. Um, all of us fall short. And so it grieves me, you know, that, that in this quote from Mark, we get half of the truth, uh, which is that we have fallen and we do fall short of God. But that's why Jesus came. It's not that God hates us. It's that he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay in that place, whether that has to do with our sexuality, whether it has to do, frankly, we don't talk much, Carmen, in our Christian culture about gluttony and greed. But scripture talks about overeating and overbuying as much or more as it does than sexuality. And I'm making a broad statement here. We do tend to pick on some sins more than others. And we all fall short. And we all desperately need God's grace every day. His promises are new every morning. And I need them today, too. And so, again, we've got to internalize that that truth and grace paradigm in a way that enables us not to compromise, but also in a way that equips us to be empathetic and loving toward people that we may not agree with and people that may have have made choices that are at odds with what Scripture teaches. Yeah. Amen. All right. We're going to have to leave it right there. Uh, To to get the reviews that are posted right now at PluggedIn.com, just go to PluggedIn.com. Particularly check out the review on The Hiding Place and um, and consider consider that as a, uh, a movie. <clears throat> Are they? Is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Just straight up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely thumbs up. Corey Ten Boom yeah, story. It's in theaters tomorrow night. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's the big thumbs up for the weekend. That's Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Let's take a break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. Hey, thank you for all your sweet uh, notes on the text line this morning. You can always text me, 877-933-2484. Prayers for Rosella as she's trying to find somebody named Smitty. Yeah, it's probably not his real name. So all I got to say, as you're looking through that giant list of contractors, Smitty, probably. I save people in my phone now by their first name and how I know them. So I have like Jacob, Chimney Cleaner, uh smith Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't know how else to do this i don't know how else to get through life and keep people uh organized yeah there you go thanks for being here this morning 
Uh, we're going to talk with Kim Dolan Leto again today. I'm wondering if you're like me and oh, you just feel like you've been robbed of success in terms of your physical fitness goals this year. Um, maybe not even just this year, maybe in an ongoing way. It's like there's like a something going on um, where I get robbed of actually doing the things that I know that are good for for my health. And um, yeah, part of it for me is self-sabotage. I literally know the things that I should be doing and I then just don't do them. It's a gap of obedience, like, right? I mean, I, I know what the right things are to be doing and I'm not doing them. So that's an obedience issue. And I, I name it and I claim it and I ask for your, um, yeah, your encouragement and your prayers in the midst of that. We're going to talk with Kim about um, five, five different things, including self-sabotage, that keep us, if we're honest, that keep us from doing the things that we need to be doing in terms of our personal physical fitness. So what are the things that are robbing you of your joy in terms of the pursuit of physical fitness? Do you've got some blocks out there you're trying to get over, some success stealers? Um, we're going to talk about that next with Kim Dolan Leto. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. Kim Dolan Leto is joining us. Fit God's Way is the book and the ministry. You can find Kim and the resources we're talking about today, including her most recent podcast on the topic we're going to discuss right now. Um, you can find it all at KimDolanLeto.com. Kim, good morning. Good morning, Carmen. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Absolutely. So um, this is from um, a recent podcast of, of yours. And so um, I just want to walk around in this material because I found it so helpful myself. The five success stealers. So you um, you started off by posting a question. Um, can you can you tell us what that question uh, was? And um, and then some of the answers that you've uh, you've walked around in here in terms of what steals our success in relationship to our fitness goals. Absolutely. So I have a beautiful group of Christian sisters in a Facebook group called Fit Sisters in Christ. And we navigate our body image, our food, our fitness, our worth, everything through the Word of God together. So one day I was just thinking, you know, ladies, what is blocking your fitness goals? Share in the comments. So I posted the question and I found this interesting S theme of a lot of people wrote stress, sneaking food and the shame they experience, sugar, self-esteem issues, self-sabotage. And I really felt like one of the comments was of in particular importance because she said, and I think so many of us can identify with this. She said uh, that, I'll quote, I'll say exactly what she said. My preconceived ideas of what fit must look like. I've had to learn that my body is different now than it was 10 years ago. It's time to celebrate and love the fit body that I have now and not the one from my past. So mm. I felt like all of these, these five S's, these success stealers that block our fitness are a very common thing. And once we can figure out and pinpoint exactly what they are and take them to God, we can beat them. That's so good. All right. So let's jump mm -hmm. into the first one, self-sabotage. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Self-sabotage is 
it's a really hard one because I think we need to understand the root of it. I think that God wants us to understand the root of our behavior and take him there so he can heal us. Because so often we don't realize that we're sabotaging ourselves, And what that looks like is saying you want to lose weight and then eating a whole bunch of unhealthy food or saying you're going to work out and then canceling. And it, it stems from anxiety, PTSD, maybe something traumatic. You just went through something traumatic. You have anxiety. You have a negative self-image, not knowing your worth. Perfectionism is a big one. Like you think, well, I can't do it perfect, so I'm just not going to do it at all, right? And that's such a lie in fitness. I always tell people that once you see that no one can be perfect, that that's a lie in the fitness industry and that you are under grace in Jesus, you can be free. You don't have to live under that perfectionism pressure. And then another uh, issue of self-sabotage is imposter syndrome. And I always I always want to be really careful to point out this self thing, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-image, self-help, and self-sabotage. It's like all of that means God is not there. So let's have God be our confidence, our esteem, our image, our let's see our eyes through ourselves through his eyes. Let's go to him for help. And instead of sabotaging ourselves, we can believe that God hears our prayers and wants the best for us. I mean, doesn't that sound so much more encouraging to live that way? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Way more encouraging. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's um, let's jump from self-sabotage to stress. How does stress steal our success in relationship to our fitness goals? I believe that when we're in stress mode, we're in works of the flesh. And we all know that works of the flesh don't work, right? So stress is us trying to do what only God can do. Like, think about when you're really frustrated, you're trying to force an outcome, you're trying, you have expectations, like, we need to release the expectation we need to do today. Like, I feel like stress is such a health stealer, because it raises our cortisol, it stores belly fat, it makes us miserable. And it takes our eyes off the blessings that God has given us. It puts our eyes on like the 1% that's bad and not the 99% that's good, right? So Mm. stress is us trying to do what only God can do. So we need to release the expectations, release the worry and the doubt and the insecurities. And the cure for that is just faith that God is working on it. And uh, one thing that I do that really helps is just to breathe. When we're really stressed out, we've activated our sympathetic nervous system and we need to just breathe and pray and just say, okay, I'm in like total works of the flesh right now. I know this doesn't work and I'm not in Christ right now. So I need to just center myself and get back in Jesus and all of that stress will go away. Um, This, um, when we talk about, when we talk about stress, I, I feel like there are, like there's, there's like stress that's the natural, seemingly the natural part of life today. And yet the level of stress that we're experiencing as a quote unquote natural part of life is really unnatural. I completely agree. Yeah. So I don't, I don't actually know how we, I just went through this exercise with a, with a group of women where, you know, you're supposed to put the things in, you know, in the square over here that are urgent and important. And then the things over Mm -hmm. here that are, you know, urgent, but not important or important, but not urgent. And then, you know, none, they're not urgent nor important. And those are the ones that are easy, you know, like you supposedly easy to get rid of, but those are also the de-stressors, I think. So here's the, here's the challenge that, that block that's both urgent and important is just crammed full of stuff now. 
it's crammed full of people and expectations. And um, so, you know, and I, I would love to say, oh, I could reprioritize all of that. And I guess I could, but that's going to mean a lot of stripping away, a lot of loss, not just for me, but for other people, because much of what I have been doing, I'm going to have to stop doing in order to start doing the things that are that are right for me, which I'm sure gets gets us back to um, why I'm not doing the things for me that I'm supposed to be doing. I think one of the biggest, okay, so I've really been praying about this lately because I do a lot with the podcast, with writing, with speaking, with like it, what I do it's a lot. could literally suck the life out of me if I wanted it to, or if I allowed it to. So God has really been showing me to have focused blocks of time. So it's like, mm. If you don't have your priorities straight, if you don't have, like, I, I, you're talking about the squares. I think about the Stephen Covey rocks, like the big rocks oh, in the sand mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're, if you're not getting time in with God and your family isn't first, then everything after that, like everything has to be under that. So God has his divine order. And when we are out of order, we are in chaos. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big one. And then turning our phones over and actually giving a hundred percent focus to the, our, the task that we have at hand, whether it's your work or whatever you need to do. Don't be picking up your phone and then doing something and then picking up your phone and then trying. I mean, pe- I see people p- get off the treadmill when they're working out to get on their phone. And I'm thinking to myself, just focus on your, give yourself that time, focus on your workout, focus on your work. And then you will not be so divided. I believe so much of our stress is coming from the fact mm. that we're constantly checking our phone and constantly turn your notifications off. Like, give yourself a break. You are one person trying to do way too much, probably. And God never called us to live like that. He never, like, it, and I have really been doing this. And I'm telling you, it has gotten, I feel so much better because I'm like, while I'm working, I'm not looking at my phone, I'm not checking my email, I am focused on my work. And like, this is the hour every day that I work out. These are the work blocks of hours that I work. And I'm telling you, Carmen, this has made my stress and my work productivity and my life in general, just I've guarded it. God wants us to put a guard around our hearts and we need to set up those boundaries with time because the stress is, it's going to kill us. It is not good for us. We're going to continue our conversation with Kim here in just a moment. Are you sneaking food? When was the last time you snuck a snack or a meal or, yeah, are you, are you driving around sneaking food? Are you going through drive throughs to sneak food? Like, what's going on and why are we doing it? We're talking about the success stealers in relationship to our fitness goals. We're going to continue this conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Have you ever wondered where God is when you feel like you need him most? Do you recognize that he's closer than your next breath? Are you confident in that? Do you trust in that? Susie Larson has a brand new book, Closer Than Your Next Breath, Where Is God When You Need Him Most? And we're giving away 100 copies of it this month. So we want you to win yours at myfaithradio.com. I want to encourage you right now that there is nothing like living in the fullness of the presence of God moment by moment. No matter what is going on, you can live as a person who is content in the presence of God. God is literally with you always, closer than your next breath. And we want you to experience that. So grab a copy of Closer Than Your Next Breath. 
You can sign up to win one at MyFaithRadio.com. We're talking with Kim Dolan Leto. Uh, Fit God's Way is the book and the ministry. You can actually get a Fit God's Way downloadable plan for free at her website. So just go to uh, Kim Dolan, D-O-L-A-N Leto, L-E-T-O dot com. And, um, and you can do that today. Um, let's talk about sneaking food. It's the third on your list of the five success stealers. Um, yeah, what, where, where, why do we do this? Why do we think we're going to get away with it? It only hurts us. Like, what's going on? Okay, so sneaking food is related to shame from diet culture, and that is not of God. Diet culture tells us we're good when we eat good and we're bad when we eat bad, and this is a performance and perfection-based trap that God, God is not in this. God did not want us to have this twisted and perverted relationship with food. So we sneak food and we think we're getting away from some, f- with something and the devil's like, yay, I'm destroying your health. Uh, it really makes me mad because I don't think people realize that he's after our health because if he can steal our health, he can steal our future. If he can get us living in these terrible thought loops in our minds of how we're failures and that's what, think about it. That's what happens. I mean, I'm raising my hand here. I, I told a story on the podcast episode about how I, my daughter, you know, she had one of those little disgusting <laughs> sugary birthday cakes and we are our laundry. We had stored it in our laundry room and our laundry room was at the other side of our house. And I would walk up and down the hall, this long hall with a fork to go take bites of it. And I'm like, what am I doing? This was, this was year, like 15 years ago, 10, no, 10 years ago. And I was just like, what am I doing? That is so unhealthy. Now, if there's a birthday party, I have, if I want a slice of cake, I put a slice, a slice of cake on a plate and I enjoy it. We need to repair our relationship with food. And I have a, like you mentioned, the Fit God's Way website or my website, kimdolanletto.com. I have a free guide on there called the seven P's of like how to pray, pause, practice, plan, prepare, like all of that, that for food. It's a Christian plan of how to go after this whole diet culture and beat it because it's been ingrained in us and it doesn't work. So God can help us with that. It's so good. Um, mm-hmm. Sugar, sugar, empty calories and, and how addicted <clears throat> we are to sugar and what it's doing to us. Like my husband is, my husband is now like, okay, sugar is killing us. Like it's literally killing us. So um, talk about sugar. Okay, sugar literally is killing us. It causes inflammation. It's cancer's favorite food. I mean, look for the sugar cycle in your life and prayerfully ask God if you should cut it out. Like for some of us, we're addicts. The sugar cycle goes like this. You crave it. You have an energy spike. You crash. You get headaches, guilt, lethargy, you know, weight gain, repeat. But God can heal you there. So I I work with a lot of women that tell me they just needed to cut it out because it was they were on this crazy sugar train of cravings that was literally taking over their life. Like food, they, food was an idol. Sugar was an idol. And we need to just see that and be like, God will have no gods before him. We cannot crave food more than we crave God. So I think it's you know really important to know that God is with you in this and you're not alone and there's no shame or judgment, but take him to your place of struggle and he will help you succeed. That's so good. Self-esteem mm-hmm. is the last of the five on this particular list. Again, you guys can grab this. It's, uh, it's a podcast. It's, a, it's her most recent podcast, 
KimDolanLeto.com uh, is where you can connect with the with the podcast, the downloadable resources for Fit God's Way, um, the seven P's that she has alluded to, also the seven W's. Um, self-esteem is number five on this list. It's kind of the root of all of them, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I think with self-esteem, we are dissatisfied or we have a low expectation or we just, we haven't settled that worth issue with Jesus. We haven't really stepped into the fact that we are called and chosen and set apart for such a time as this. This is our time that God has put us here. And if you really look and at the word and you really speak that over yourself, you will have a revelation that you are so important to God. And I think that we need to think about it like this. Any any insecurities, Jesus is the cure for what makes you insecure. Whatever it is, take mm-hmm. it to Him, because dissatisfaction with our bodies is not of God. We're not separate from our bodies. Our bodies hear everything we say, and we can't rise above any level of our thinking. So we need to come out of agreement of thinking we don't look good, or we can't look good, or we are what we look like. And we need to start taking care of ourselves, because this is the body that God had made us, has made for us. And that whole, like, I wish I looked like I used to is comparing yourself to your old self, and it's a joy-stealing trap. So we, we shouldn't put limits on ourselves by trying to who, be who we used to be. Be who we are. We need to be who we are now and accept and embrace where you are today. Because one day we will look back and be like, wow, I wish I looked like I did then. I mean, isn't it just mm-hmm. so funny? Right. So yeah, that is I so think, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to really also start living in the moment we're in, not in our head. Don't we do that? So like when our thoughts drift to self-sabotage, the stress, self-esteem issues, and we want to isolate ourselves, we need to interrupt that negative thought loop by speaking scriptures over ourselves and realizing, like, really recognize, okay, this is my success stealer and take Mm. it to God so you can interrupt it with the Word of God. I, I, I don't want... I get so sad, Carmen, when I think about women right now who are stuck living in their minds when Jesus has died for them and prepared so many good things for them that they're going to miss out on because the enemy is trying to kill, still, and destroy their health and their wholeness. Mm. Yeah. Am I living in my head instead of living in my body? Um, as, yeah. You know, and your as life. A, as, a, like, as a temple of look, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, yeah, and my life. Yeah. Take your temple back. Like, look up and look at your life and look at all that God has done for you and are you viewing whatever your issue is in a godly way? For example, is your body really the problem or is it the way you look at, at mm. it? Do you, do you self-sabotage because you don't really believe you're worthy of success? Are you eating because you're sad or lonely and you need to take those emotions to God? I think once you identify like what it really is and say like, God, I can't handle this on my own. Like the enemy is fighting me so hard here and I need your spirit led strength, self-control and peace. Father, like, I lay this at your feet today and you, I'm an overcomer. Like in him, you can do this. You can get past it, but you've got to know what it is so you can fight it. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the tools of the weapons, and you just alluded to it when you said I am an overcomer, like there's a soundtrack Mm -hmm. for success. And so I want to encourage you, Kim, if you've never developed a soundtrack for us for success, maybe that could be an upcoming podcast. Like what's, what's the soundtrack to uh, to you know, to to fight these to fight these battles in a way that declares who we really are and um, and keep us motivated and going forward. All right, we got to leave it right there, Kim. But you're going to be okay, back. Sounds so great. We we celebrate that so much. That's Kim Dolan Leto. You can visit her and find the resources we were talking about today at kimdolanleto.com. Tons of 
free resources for you there. Please avail yourself of them. Thank you for um, for all of your concern and prayers and love um, in relationship to Sassy, our good dog. We have a great God, and we uh, celebrate and worship him. Have a great weekend, and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.